Howdy and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. I'm Jerry Snyder. As an elite level athlete, owner of All In Health and Wellness, and author of the book Confidence Through Health, my goal is to help you achieve your goals and dreams using health as the conduit to get there. I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, American Sports and Fitness Association. If you are looking for a certification as personal trainer or a group fitness instructor, uh, anything in the sports and fitness world, water aerobics, running, health coach even, anything in that area, you can find the certification at the American Sports and Fitness Association. You can also find textbooks and manuals to be able to help you study up to become certified in any of those areas. If you go to confidencethroughhealth.com, or you can look at the link in the show notes, you'll find the link for the American Sports and Fitness Association, and it will take you there, and you can find the certification that will take you to the career that will change your life. Welcome to episode 171 of the Confidence Through Health podcast. In this episode, I am bringing you the best advice from four physical therapists that I have spoken to over the years of doing this podcast. And first off, we're going to hear from Elijah St. John. He was in episode 50. Then John Gallucci Jr. from episode 142. Then Matt Shane, my own personal physical therapist from episode 96. And Rick Olderman from episode 162. And they all share things that we can be doing at home, things that we should be doing to take care of our body, to keep it uh, fine-tuned, to keep it able to do the things that we want it to do, that we need it to do as we age as we perform the different you know tasks that we do, whether we're an athlete or we're not an athlete, whether we're um, a, a, have a sedentary lifestyle or a non-sedentary lifestyle, there's things that we need to do to make sure that our body works properly and that we prevent injuries through the process. And so all four of these uh, physical therapists bring their knowledge base to the episodes um, and to this episode specifically on ways that we can do that, ways that we can take care of ourselves that we can prevent injuries and that we can live longer because our body is in better shape as we live every day of our life. Because we build the relationship and then we find out details. Yeah. You know, we don't just look at, oh, your leg's going numb. Okay, well, we're going to do put you on a vibration plate and try and help your leg not be numb anymore. We look at, okay, why is your leg going numb? Is it because your back right. is out? Right. Is it because your hips are tight? And I just had a patient a couple of, uh, well, it was yesterday, come in here, and it's because there's something going on in the shoulders. Legs are going numb because there's something wrong in the shoulders. Right. We look at that. We look for the root problem. Yeah. And when we find that root problem, we address it. And so that's kind of what sets us apart. Well, that's it, it, that's an interesting point, and it's, it's a very true point in that just because you're having – you know, a sign or a symptom, a pain in one part of your body doesn't mean that's where the cause is. Yes, sir. It can be completely, like you said, completely somewhere else, uh, yeah, you know, entirely. And, and it's, it's all interconnected. Um, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that, that I think, and you can, you can, you can probably talk to this through the patients you see is it, as you work with them, you see, a different because I've done it myself when I've gone to physical therapy, you get a different level of confidence with your body mm -hmm. as you go through and understand like, Oh, it wasn't just that my foot was hurting. It was really this other problem that I, Oh, I should have better posture or I should have this or that. And 
You never would have thought of that. You just think, I'm going to put ice on my foot. Exactly, exactly that. Um, we've had a couple of patients that came in here and the doctor was treating the knee pain. The patient yeah. was having a lot of knee pain and they were like, well, you probably got arthritis, but we haven't done imaging yet. Go to PT, see what they think. They come in here and we start working and we come to find out it's actually in the elbow that's referring down right. the fascial line all the way down into the knee. Well, once we start working that out, once we start getting that cross section worked out, the body responds and it heals. It heals itself. Right. And so a lot of times, if the body is prompted in the right direction, it can heal itself. Yeah. And you don't have to go through those expensive surgeries. You don't have to go through all that downtime from work. You don't have to go down to the point of having to be on medica medications. Right. Um, and so, I mean, my goal is to be holistic. And holism doesn't mean you get herbs. That doesn't mean that you get all these other things that people consider voodoo. I've heard right. so many people say. <laughs> no, holism is looking at the entire of something yeah. looking at the whole of something and then putting it together putting the puzzle pieces back together in the right way nutrition that's a huge one right now and it's it's just phenomenal to see how much can be changed if the person just starts eating right yeah an exercise, of course, is uh, in the next stage of every every person's life. If you don't exercise, you're not going to keep yourself in a good alignment. You're not going to keep yourself in a good posture. Right. Your body's going to drain itself because it yeah. just doesn't know what else to do. Right. Um, and it's going to compensate from one area to another because you might be having you might be having more pain or more structural issue in one area of your body. And it's going to compensate until somewhere else starts to hurt. Yes, sir. Exactly. That is exactly right. So, um, yeah. And, and so you, you, you've sort of got sort of a, like a CSI type of, <laughs> you know, look at things when you when somebody comes in. Yeah. You can't just say, Oh, we're going to look at your foot when you have plantar fasciitis. Absolutely. We can't just look at your back when you've got sciatica. We've got to look at the whole person. Um, and you've got to take into account what happened throughout that person's life to bring them to that point. Right. Um, and if we can fix it sooner rather than later, uh, it changes so much. We have a um, patient that has got back pain, and we were working on ergonomic dynamics. We were working on picking up things off the floor and working on you know lifting correctly and working on right. things like that. He's like, I've never been taught how to lift correctly. Yeah. I've never been taught how to move something from one place to another. I always just picked it up and went. Yeah. And he, the man's very strong. I mean, there's no no injuries that uh, to the muscles or anything like that. But it, he was never taught the correct form, so he hurt himself. Yeah. You know? And I can't tell you how many patients that I've worked through with through, through the years, kids included, that are out on the football field and they are being told, Hey, you need to push this, this way. And they're pushing with their upper body and then throw out their low back. Right. And, or, you know, an adult that was working in the Walmart and one of the patients was working in Walmart and lifted a 
box of ranch to put it up on the shelf and just a tiny bit, they fell to the floor and they couldn't walk for a month. You wow. know, once they were taught how to do it, their body relaxed, their body healed itself. They were back at work and they never had any more trouble as far as I know, you know? And so it's sometimes it comes down to the education, right? You know, if people are not educated correctly, then they don't do it because they've never been taught. They've never known that's the right thing to do. Right. And so more and more my job moves into the education mm -hmm. of things. After we get the pain under control, we start educating people on, Hey, you know what? This is why this happened. Yeah. So let's fix that. Let's fix the why now. That that's a big piece of like your, if for me as a runner, like my physical therapist is a piece of my team. Like it's, it's, and it's a vital piece because if I, if I go out and, and, and I know that I could push myself a little bit harder and go through and like, Oh, it's, 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 it's pain versus injury, you know, like, okay, just deal with the pain, suck it up and go type of thing. Um, a lot of us were taught as kids, right? You, you get hurt on the field and it's like, Oh, just suck it up and go walk it off. But that's not usually the best you know, answer. Not the best advice, Jerry. You know, we want to want to make sure that we're not limiting motion because that causes mm -hmm. increased problems. We want to make sure that there's full functionality of the, the joint above and below an injury. Uh, and we also want to make sure, and I always guide athletes and I guide patients. If you have pain, if you look at a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the most pain, zero being no pain. If your pain sitting around a four and five, you need to stop the activity. You need to be evaluated by a physical therapist, a physician, an athletic trainer, truly understand what's going on and what's the best path for you. If you're trying to push through five to 10 at a score of pain, you're just putting yourself at more risk of injury. But the most important thing to tell your followers are you're going to miss time. And right. if you maybe step back when you're starting to feel it and treat yourself the correct way, you'll miss less time. Right. So that's what people have to realize. And I like that zero to 10 score and anything from a four or five or below, maybe you could get through. But if you're creeping five, six, it's time to shut down and get the right care. Well, and yeah, you mentioned a big thing is in time and time and training. And, you know, in, and with training, it's a lot of times it's the same as you, with everything else you hear is like either you're moving forward or you're moving backwards. And yeah, if you, and I've seen it myself, I've experienced if I hit that, if I get that five or six and I'm like, ah, but it's just one day, it's going to be okay. You know, it always comes back to bite me. It always comes back. And then all of a sudden you got to completely rest. The yeah. other thing people don't realize too is cross training. How important cross training yeah. is. Um, you know, and you know, because you're a runner, everybody wants to just keep running, running, running. Right. You know, common sense. You keep pounding, pounding, pounding. Over time, it's going to cause an issue. But if you're ro rotating between swimming, biking, running, you know, doing different things. I mean, I've yeah. got a, I've got a, a dear friend of mine that's a marathoner, and when he gets to that last month, he'll tell you that he's at least fifty percent in the pool, building mm -hmm. up to the marathon because he doesn't want the wear and tear, and he wants to be able to complete it. And he's completed eight marathons in in the last four years, so he's doing about oh, wow. two, he's doing two a year. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive for a. For a guy my age. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's impressive for anybody. Yeah. Um, but, and, and so you mentioned cross training and a lot of adults, you know, it, 
and I think it's it's a it's a common cycle of like okay you 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 finish your high school sport or whatever you're not a college athlete you move on then you get married you have kids and and then like you get your kids started getting athletics and maybe you start getting that bug of like oh maybe I should start doing something you know and so you know pickleball is a big thing that's coming along but there's other sports that people are getting into and that cross training aspect comes in big when you come into that like you haven't been active for a long time or maybe just not active enough to prevent those, you know, weekend warrior injuries, right? You hit the nail on the head. It's weekend warrior injuries. We want to go from the the business chair, your desk, your workstation, and then you want to be able to play 45 minutes to an hour on a Saturday or Sunday. Right. And yet you've done nothing to prepare. And, yeah. and people, if you look at the evolution of how we got to pickleball, think about it. Tennis, racquetball, paddle, pickle. It's that evolution of that ballistic, that speed, that rotation as we start to progress in, in, in our age and in our function. But most people don't understand no matter what the sport is, especially racket sports, you have to be prepared for the activity. And, and many people never work their core. Um, they never work the core. And you as an athlete understand the importance of your core. If your core is not strong, you're ultimately going to hurt yourself. A, if your core is not strong, you're going to hurt your low back. But most times you're going to hurt your shoulder or your hip because you're not rotating appropriately, because you don't have the dynamic functionality and strength. So people have to understand that it's not just that hour or two a week that you're competing. What are you doing during the week to condition aerobically, anaerobically, uh, as I said, core strengthening programs, uh, understanding the dynamic and ballistic component of any paddle sport or racket sport. So it's the easiest way to keep injuries down is yeah. train for what you want to be able to accomplish. Just like physical therapy, we train people based on their goals. My goal is to play pickleball and not get hurt, which is why I'm playing pickleball right. instead right. of playing racquetball or instead of playing paddle or tennis. I'm going to play pickleball. It's still competitive. It's given me an opportunity to engage to socialize, why do I want to end up in John Gallucci's office at JAG1 Physical Therapy? Because I didn't continually train myself and condition myself. Right. So that's probably the biggest thing. But we are seeing a lot of injuries in pickleball. And if you look at them, they're usually overuse musculoskeletal injuries or a ballistic movement that the body was not used to making. Oh, yeah. And you cause a soft tissue injury of your hamstring, your quadriceps, your groin, your abdominal. So we are seeing an increase of musculoskeletal injuries in totality. And usually it's because of a deconditioned individual trying to participate in a sport. Right. Because your brain tells you, oh, you can still do this, but your body's not ready for it. Our brain tells us we could do a lot of things. I mean, I was right. a wrestler and my entire life. I wrestled and, and a couple of weeks ago, I happened to be at a school that I coached at for years. Yeah. And I was joking around with a couple of the kids. The next day, I found felt it and realized <laughs> I train every day, you know, yeah. but I'm not training for wrestling. Um, right. So so literally, I did a couple of things just with a couple of the athletes. And the next two days, I was sore because I was not conditioned for the sport of wrestling. I'm conditioned to be able to get on a bike and ride 25 miles. I'm conditioned to be able to, to jog three miles. I'm strong enough to deal with my activities of daily living. 
but I was not ready to just joke around and do some wrestling moves. And the next two days showed I wasn't conditioning for wrestling. And pickleball is the same thing. Yeah. You know, any sport, tennis is the same thing. I mean, you can't run a marathon unless you condition for it. Right. One of the right. biggest one of the biggest things we get are the above 40 athlete that still thinks they're 18 to 25 years old <laughs> and, and want to compete. You know, the funniest thing is, is when you have people come into my office, they'll actually say, you know, I was on a fast break against this 23-year-old. <laughs> And I and and meanwhile, you know, you're in my office. Yes, I know you scored. Right. I, I can't tell you scored the two points, but you're in my office. The 23 year old is still running sprints down the court. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and and that's and so how do we how do we go from you know not being active or not being in that activity? Like you said, you're active, but you weren't in wrestling. Like, how do we how do we know where that guideline is or where that sort of boundary is to to stair step into that? Jerry, that's a great question. And the best way to do it is understand the demands of the sport. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about pickleball and we'll use pickleball as an example. We know that there's a component of rotation. We know there's a component of using your shoulder. We know there's a component of the entire body functioning together, moving up and down the court. So you need to be able to condition the entire body appropriately. And as we talked about it, there needs to be an aerobic component. Are you doing Mm -hmm. some jogs or cycling or swimming just to build up your aerobic capacity? And then are you doing some general strengthening exercises for your core, for your lower extremities or your legs, for your upper extremities and arms? There's so many simple tools. You can find it on our website at jag1pt.com. Simple exercises for people to do each and every day at home. And then the other thing is most people don't realize the importance of nutrition, hydration, and rest. So, again, people want to go to work all day. They want to drink their one to two cups of coffee. They rarely drink appropriate water. They may have had a project at work that kept them up. So maybe they only got five hours of sleep versus eight hours of sleep. They had to take care of their kids. They're running around. They don't eat appropriately. They take a bite on the end. Then you go and play, and you're 30 minutes, and you're feeling great. Then all of a sudden, you feel that tightness in your calf, and it becomes a cramp. And you're like, oh, it's okay. And then all of a sudden, you strain your calf, and you tear your Achilles. And a lot of people don't realize the importance of the nutrition, the rest, and the hydration. So I tell everybody in the morning, the first thing you do, everybody grabs a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or grabs the orange juice. I tell everybody, first thing, grab an eight-ounce glass of water. Yep. And make sure if you're going to have coffee at work, at lunch, you have another glass of water. And around dinner time, you have another glass of water. And before you participate, have another glass of water. So you know you're appropriately hydrated for the demands of any sport. So that's very important. A lot of people miss that part. They right, think it's right. all about strengthening, flexibility, conditioning aerobically. Yes, but what goes in has to has to help charge the body and get you going. Yeah. So, no, that's very true. And one of the things that um, my dad was a veterinary pathologist, but as I was an athlete growing up, one of the things he stressed more than anything else was that make sure you're hydrated three hours before. He said, because if you don't, if you wait until like the last minute to do all your hydration, it's not going to help you because it's not going to get where you need it to go. So you've got to make sure, like you said, all throughout the day that you're continually hydrating so that when you go to be active, it's there to be helpful. 
Your dad was 100% correct. And think about the worlds that I've worked in. Hockey with the NHL, Major League Soccer with, you know, in soccer. I worked in wrestling as a coach and a wrestler. Very high endurance. I deal with running athletes all the time, NFL athletes. I deal with athletes trying to compete in colleges across the country. And ultimately, when you look at that component of dehydration and how it affects the musculoskeletal musculoskeletal system, you sit there and you say to yourself, the simplest thing, putting Mm -hmm. fluid in your body can decrease an injury and keep you on the field, the ice, the mat, the court. So it's very important. And going back to our weekend warriors, it's the last thing we think of. We're just pumped. We're back on a team. We're going to compete. This is great. You know, we're going to win the club championship. I mean, I belong to a club here in New Jersey, and I'm with successful people that are all jonesed up that they won the club championship. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be in my office for eight weeks because you enjoy that hamstring, I think it's great. You got that championship T-shirt, but how's your hamstring? Let's right. stay on the court. Let's stay on the field. Let's enjoy the whole year in being healthy. Yeah. Well, and also the the fact of like now that we're adults and we have jobs and you go out and you hurt yourself on the weekend, that's going to affect your productivity. No matter what you do, it's going to affect your productivity because you're thinking about it. You're focused on it. You're you may be down on yourself because you allowed yourself to get hurt. You know, and so that affects your productivity for the next two to three weeks, even. The psychosocial component is huge. Plus, nobody wants to be in pain. (laughs) Right. Think about it. Nobody wants to be in pain. Uh, And here in America, we look for the quick fix of pain. Right. The simplest way to, to, to decrease pain is movement and function. And as long as you're not inhibiting it, you'll be able to get rid of the pain quicker. Right. Well, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk, talk on is is physical therapy as a pain management or, or you know, a, a, an alternative to just taking some some pain meds because it'll mask it, but it doesn't fix it. So it doesn't really go away. And and I mean, I, I've, I know I've been there at times where it's like, I don't have time for physical therapy right now. Or I don't, and so it's like, OK, just take some medicine and then I'm I'm not feeling the pain, but my injury is not healing properly. Well, that's a great question. And ultimately, the issue is you're taking the the magic pill, whatever the doctor may give you, or you may pick up something, an over-the-counter medicine and and take it, and you have some decreased symptoms. Right. And I, I love the fact that people say, well, I could walk 10 feet with no pain. I'm good to go run three miles, or I'm good <laughs> to go play the pickup football game, or hey, I yeah. went up the stairs and had no pain. I'm going to go play an hour of tennis. Ultimately, it doesn't work like that. The body has to be reconditioned after injury. And if you have pain, you have an injury. So you need to take a a slower approach. First of all, think about it. Most of us are paying to play sports. We're not getting paid. We're not making our living out of this. We're paying. So all my golf friends, I tell them all the time, none of us are getting a PGA check. Um, so, So let's take the pays down. We can still be competitive. But let's be smart. I mean, I had a friend of mine the other day on the side of a hill trying to get out of a sand trap, and he took his first stroke and he fell on his back. And I said, really? You couldn't have just taken it out, not hurt yourself and taken the stroke? But people are so competitive, which is great. But when we get back to pain, we have to understand physical therapy is the easiest way 
not to go down the opioid utilization route. It's his published studies across our country. The government has acknowledged that physical therapy is the path of reduction of pain instead right. of medication and opioid utilization. So when you look at what does a physical therapist do? Well, first and foremost, we have modalities to help reduce pain by increasing circulation, promoting good blood flow to the area, healing the tissue by good oxygenated blood. And then what have we been getting told since we were in phys ed class in fifth grade? If you don't use it, you're gonna lose it. Right. And what does physical therapy do? We bring back normal range of motion, normal strength, normal functionality and biomechanical chain movement. And now we bring you back to the demand of the sport. So we take you from that pain point to fall back to what you've got to accomplish. And I said earlier, you know, some people look at me as just a sports medicine guy. I've treated firemen, policemen, painters. Uh, I mean, the best thing is I had an NHL all-star next to an, a 72-year-old grandmother with a total mm -hmm. knee. And they were pushing each other in their exercises. It yeah. was awesome because she had a goal to be able to kneel and work in her flower bed. And he had a, he had a goal of scoring goals in the NHL. Um, and he's still playing today, so I must have done a good job. <laughs> but anyway, people have to understand there's a pathway to return. And if you don't have the elasticity in the, in, in the musculature, if you don't have the appropriate range of motion of the joint, if you don't have the strength for the demand of the activity, you're ultimately going to get injured or re-injured and still not be able to perform. And go back to that psychosocial component. I know I'm on the bike every single day. It helps me stay level psychologically. Right. It helps me stay fit. And I miss that day of the bike. I get frustrated. Imagine if I couldn't bike for two to three weeks because I didn't take care of an injury. So just imagine some of these people that are using pickleball, paddle, tennis, basketball. I work with a great doctor friend of mine. He's on the tennis court five days a week. Oh, if wow. he misses a day... He's a grumpy man. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that helps us. It decreases overall stress. Exercise is huge for the human body. And more people have to understand that. No, that's and that's very true. My wife will tell me if I don't run in the morning, um, you know, she'll by the end of the day, she's like, did you run today? Because something's off, you know. Um, and and yeah, in the times that I've been injured and had to sit out for, you know, a month or more, um, I've had to find a different like, okay, well, I, with this injury, I can ride the bike, so I'm going to ride the bike. But to get that same psychological benefit, it's two or three times the amount that I would normally run, you know. And so my my time of exercise is increased, you know, and and it it affects the whole day. And um, when a lot of times it's just a matter of like, okay, if I would have just taken care of myself when I saw it coming or felt it coming, instead of ignoring it. Um, you know, then it would, yeah, it would have, it would have solved a lot of, a lot of issues that came up later down the road. Well, isn't it better to be on the pickleball court, the basketball court, the tennis court, the golf course, and sitting on one of my tables at Jag One Physical Therapy? Right. We're great people. We're really, really nice people. But wouldn't you rather be playing with your friends than hanging out with my really kind physical therapists and athletic yeah. trainers? Although our doors are open, but let's do it together and collaborate and do it right. the right way. Right. And, and yeah, and catching it before it gets too bad. Correct. Because like you Correct. said, if, 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 if it's a muscular injury and it's, you know, like, ah, I think I can play through it or whatever, 
it's eventually going to get into the joint and then it's going to mess up potentially other joints because your compensation is going to be off. And you know, that, that was actually what happened to me with my last injury is just my hamstring was just a little tight, but I was like, ah, it's not that bad. I'm not running that hard right now. I'm just training through it. And then all of a sudden my knee started acting up and I was like, what is going on? What is the deal? And I go to my therapist and they were like, I said, the pain's here in my knee and she's working on back. And she goes, no, your issues in your glute. Yeah, that's right. I was like, dang it. How'd I let that happen? Well, how many people, I mean, if you look at runners and cyclists and, and, and any type of racket sport player don't understand the component of their it band and how it relates to your hip and your knee and, and everybody, well, we all learned again, back in grammar school, how to stretch our quad, how to stretch our hamstring. You know, a patient comes in my office and they're not doing well. You know, they can't move. They can't do the things they want to. And they're relying on my knowledge and expertise and some of my guidance to help them to get moving again. Um, and that's what I love about physical therapy is that I get to participate in someone else's success. Right. You know, we get to, I get to challenge that patient with different exercises and stretches and, and it's just, it's very satisfying to have a patient come in after like a total knee surgery where they can barely walk to, you know, getting back doing for them yard work or going up a flight of stairs. Right. Um, and then for my athletes, you know, I got athletes to come in with, with, you know, maybe a shoulder surgery from baseball or whatever, and they have to take a year off. And that's right. the hardest year of their life is that yeah. year. And to see them go from each step of the process back to where they can get back to sports is, is it's fulfilling. And I, and I love it. Um, it keeps me active because I have to be, you know, I gotta, I gotta walk the walk if I'm going to talk the talk. Right. You know, I gotta be somewhat healthy as far as exercising. You know, I've had my health issues that I've had in the past, but it's, you know, my mentality is okay. I, I need to exercise as well. I need to stay fit right. because I'm telling all my patients to stay fit. So right. it's, it's just been very, very rewarding for me mentally to do what I do. It's, yeah. it's not a job anymore. It's, it's a service for me that I get to provide for my patients. Yeah. Well, and, and you're one of the, uh, you're, I mean, I, I trust you with my therapy. So, you know, that, that says a lot from, from my point of view, because uh, you've worked yeah. on me multiple times. Um, but the first time we met, I knew instantly because you your passion for what you know is, is huge. Um, and, and that you're, you're, you do totally. Like I remember, you know, running in your parking lot to make sure that my hamstring was good. And I was like, yeah, it feels great. And I turn around and you've got a big smile on your face because I've got the success, you know? And so that's, yeah, that's huge to see in a therapist, um, you know, that, that you care that much. Um, you know, it's great. So it's not just a job, you know? Yeah. You. Right. Yeah. So, so thinking of, of injuries, um, you know, and, and you do a lot with sports injuries, you do a lot with, the, you know, any kind of injury, but what are some things that we as a human body are not doing that can just be, you know, prevent those common injuries that you see that you're like, Oh my gosh, I wish people would just do this. Cause then they wouldn't have to come into my office. The, the biggest one that I see and the most preventable is neck and neck and back pain due yeah. to poor posture. Yeah. Um, with, with things going to technology the way they are um, working on a computer for eight hours a day plus uh, and most of our time is sitting in front of some type of device or sitting. Right. Um, we as a human 
race, we have some of the worst posture. Um, and so neck and back pain is probably one of those injuries that is the most preventable yeah. with proper exercise, stretching, um, and, you know, and I teach it all day long and I have to remind myself to correct my posture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm guilty of it too. Um, because it's so easy to, to get down that slump position. Right. Um, so, you know, having reminders or cues around you to sit up straight or to take a break. That's one of the biggest things that people forget is to, to get away from their desk, get away from their workstation so that they can, you know, move their body, uh, yeah. get muscles activated again, instead of sitting in a stationary position for so long. So, it's, so that's, I would say that's, that's number one, you know, that's, that's yeah. the number one preventable problem we see with, right. with PT right now. Right. So that's, and that's more than just, you know, it, not that, not that 30 minutes or an hour of yoga, you know, three times a week is not, is not a good, is, you know, that's a great thing to do. That's a great thing. Yeah. It's a great thing. But it's more than just like, that's, that's not the cure all for the posture issues because it's, no, it's, it's, a it's the daily. Yeah. I, like when I talk, talk to my patients that come in for neck and back pain, sit at a desk for who knows how long at a day, I tell them, get a kitchen timer, mm-hmm. get a kitchen timer set or their phone. You know, everybody has a phone or a smartwatch and right. you set it for 10 minutes at first to get an external cue from something to remind you to yeah. change your posture, because you got to start changing what's in the brain as far as what's considered a normal sitting position. Right. Um, that's where it starts. Like you said, yoga, you know, three times a week, four times a week is great for the body but it's not going to fix the posture if we don't fix the, the, the problem first. Right. And that's from, from sitting. And that's right. also, you know, what the brain is saying. So, yeah. Well, and I, 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 I agree with you that the technology and uh, you know, television shows, binge watching things, it's, it's so easy. And if, and I think most of us have found ourselves that, you know, we sit on the couch and all of a sudden, you know, Netflix has got a great deal where they just start the next show <laughs> and they start the that's next right. show. And then it's like, they, they three, tease you too. Yeah. Three hours later and you're like, you can't barely move because you've been yeah. sitting and you, you don't start necessarily in horrible posture, but you end there after three hours because your body just yeah. keeps relaxing and relaxing. Yeah. Well, people don't realize how often they do sit a day. You know, yeah. let's say uh, you get a guy that, or a person that sits at a desk for their work, you know, they're driving to their job. Right. Uh, who knows how long um, they sit for their job for, you know, before lunch, they sit at for lunch. Uh, after lunch and then they sit back in their car and then they go home and eat dinner. They're sitting. And then, like you said, they go and sit and watch some TV for an hour or two. And, you know, you have a 24 hour period. How many hours is that? You know, it's right. like 16 hours. Yeah. So it's a long time of sitting. Yeah, that's true. So you take that person that does that during the week and then they do their weekend warrior stuff and they, you know, they're out for their softball tournament or their, you know, pick up basketball games or, you know, and then, and then they're in your office because they pulled a muscle or they did something, you know? So besides posture, fixing that during the week, what are those other things that the weekend warrior that like, you know, they, and I, and I get it. Cause I'm, I was one of those guys before I transitioned back to being a full-time athlete where it was just in the weekend. It's like, I'm going to hit it hard and then deal with the pain and suffering for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then wait till Saturday and hit it hard again. <laughs> yeah. So my advice of that is don't be a weekend warrior, right? You know, that that's like, number one is 
you know, you're, it's a, it's a, like you said, you're going to be sore or even hurt for a few days. And that's just a cycle. It's always yeah. going to happen because you never train the body to participate in that activity. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and it doesn't have to be a rigorous exercise plan. You know, for some people, it just means getting out and walking around the neighborhood for 30 minutes every day. Right. You know, just, just something that they can do to move their body or you do develop an exercise plan. And for most people, the number one thing they have to do is to do that plan, but then go to their doctor and, and clear that plan with their doctor to make sure that they don't have any underlying issues that may right. come up from an exercise program. Right. Um, that's one of the biggest things that we make a mistake of is like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, but I've got this underlying heart condition that I don't know about. And they're doing a rigorous program and they keel over in the gym. Right. So, you know, getting, getting your body checked by your doctor, by your primary care is, is important to your health. Yeah. Um, and they're going to probably say, yeah, you do need to develop a program and this is what I suggest. And then you go from there. Yeah. So, um, doing some kind of exercise every day. Like for me, you know, when I was participating in, in my, my, my events, you know, I was a triathlete, right. um, you know, it was, 60 to 90 minutes a day, yeah. you know, and that was Monday through Friday. And then Saturdays was who knows how long, you know, three, four hours. <laughs> right. So, you know, that that's on the extreme level of it because of the type of, of, of event that was, but you know, if you just want normal exercise for maybe like with a lot of patients that I work with my older individuals, it's, you know, 15, 30 minutes of some kind of exercise. And right. you don't have to go to the gym to do that. Uh, body weight exercises is great. Right. So with body weight or the gym, you know, working out to build strength, I think a, a lot of people, um, you know, not having necessarily a, a, a proper exercise plan, you know, maybe they, maybe they're in their fifties and they remember, Oh, I remember these three exercises from football or, you know, softball or whatever it is. It's like, I remember this doing this. And so they just focus on those three exercises or, Maybe they see somebody in the gym doing another one and they're like, oh, I'll add that in. That seems pretty easy. Um, you know, but that's not necessarily the best way to go about an exercise plan, right? Especially from a physical, because you'll, you'll wind up, you know, disjointed and, and having all kinds of other issues that, that, you know, compensation issues and things that kind of happen. Correct? Uh, that, that's what I was going to say is, is people, they, they compensate uh, for that exercise because they're weak somewhere else. Right. Um, and we go back to that, you know, the neck back pain, neck back pain person sitting for however many hours, they have very little core strength, mm -hmm. very little glute strength that's going to support their body when they're trying to do some kind of lift or some kind of exercise. And so their mechanics are going to be completely not wrong, but incorrect yeah. with that type of exercise. And so learning the correct mechanics, learning the correct movement of that exercise is key to developing proper strength and to not compensate and put too much stress somewhere else. Right. Um, I see a lot of individuals that do a simple bicep curl with a bar and they're extending their back. They're kind of bending backwards with their body as they're trying to do that lift. And it's like, you're using more back muscles than you are bicep muscles. Right. And, and so it's like, okay, drop the weight down, first of all, so you can perform that with proper posture or proper mechanics. Right. And then what I, <laughs> I do a lot of therapy in my office in front of a mirror mm -hmm. so they can see how their body's moving. Actually, I had an individual right. the other day 
And we were just doing simple motion with their shoulders. Uh, you know, uh, let's say they had a, a, a rotator cuff repair. And so little uh, mobility in that shoulder. And so I have them use their good shoulder right. as a visual cue of how it's supposed to work. And the brain is pretty, pretty amazing on how it can say, okay, that one's working right. How would I make that one work? Right. And so by using that mirror as a tool to make sure that you're moving correctly is, is important. But then also going to somebody and asking a trainer or a professional that knows those exercises and say, mm -hmm. okay, how do I do this correctly? Um, you know, YouTube is a great resource for people. I mean, that has been a huge uh, platform for exercise programs for people to do at home. Right. Um, and hopefully they find a, a reliable source, reliable person that is providing a good resource for them. Right. But that, that's a big thing. And then also, like you pointed out, you know, that, that uh, you know, they, they focus on three exercises. Yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're missing a lot of things. You know, uh, I know a lot of people that go to the gym, they work on the, what we, what I call in my field, the global muscles, your right. bigger muscles, like your pecs or your traps. Uh, they forget about the little tiny ones, what I call the stabilizers mm -hmm. of, of your body. And so by working on those exercises, it's going to make the global muscles work even better because now we have good support of that joint to do that specific exercise. Right. Um, and then also, like I said, the core, the abdominal region, the mm -hmm. trunk is, is the number one exercise that I go to, to get that stabilization in your abdominal region. And as a physical therapist, I don't have my patients do sit-ups. Right. That's, to me, it's, there are so many other exercises to do to strengthen the core, the abdominal region yep. without doing a sit-up. Like I can have, going back to that bicep curl, I can get that patient or that individual to engage their abdominal region as they do a bicep curl. Right. And they're going to be working that abdominal core at the same time. And so by, again, focusing on the whole body. Mm -hmm. as, as, as an exercise and, you know, don't do it every day. Don't do the whole body. You need to focus on different areas because yeah. you're going to get wore out and you could, you know, be sore for three or four days and right. then you won't go back. Um, yeah. but again, it, it's, it's looking at the body as a whole picture and not just saying, okay, I need to strengthen my arm. So I'm not, that's all I'm going to do. Right. Um, so, well, and, and like, that's a, a perfect example of that is because I'm an athlete and I'm in shape and I'm, work out a ton and I don't water ski during this, the winter time because it's so cold. And the first time I go out and water ski and, and, and I ski at, at, I slalom ski at 36 miles an hour. Like I'm, I'm, I'm up there like really pushing it and I'll get done. And I'm you know, two days later and I'm sore in areas. And I'm like, man, why is that muscle sore? It shouldn't be sore, but it's just one of those that I'm not using yep. with all the other workouts that I do. So even yep. you can be, you know, in great shape and working out a, a, and still have muscles that you're missing. Oh yeah. You know? Yep. And that's why it's important to do other types of exercise instead of doing yeah. the same thing every single day. It's focusing on different body parts, right? Because if you get in that routine of, okay, I'm going to do, you know, exercise A, B and C every day. Yeah. You're gonna be really strong there. But if you, like you said, try a different activity that requires other groups, it's going to, it's going to come back and bite you. Yeah. Um, 
You know, and the other thing is, is that I see this a lot. And when I go into therapy offices, you know, like, in, like if there's a, somebody else in there that's, that's getting therapy and, you know, I, they, often I see them look over at me and go, holy cow, how is he doing on it? Like, don't compare yourself to the other person, Oh yeah. you know, yeah. whether yeah. it's in the gym and you're working out or if you're in therapy and you're doing, you know, if you both had the same type of injury or, or whatnot, like never compare yourself to whatever, what somebody else is going through. Cause you just don't know what their internal strength is. And yeah, you know, that, that's one on. of the main things I talk about when I, when I'm evaluating a patient, I, I say to them, okay, Miss Smith over here has had the same surgery. Mm-hmm. but you're, you, you're an individual, right. you perceive pain differently, different backgrounds, different strengths and weaknesses. So don't compare your progression with each other because that's unfair to yourself. Right. Um, I'll even tell patients, you know, let's say they had a total knee, total knee replacement on their left knee. And later on, they come back and have the right one done. I tell them don't compare the two knees. Oh, it's yeah. going to be a different, it'll be a different process. Yeah. Because maybe a year or two has gone by, uh, you've lost some strength, you've lost some mobility. So do not compare those joints because that's just going to set you back mentally and it's going to frustrate you. Right. So by, by keeping it as an in, you know, and that's what, what I love about my job is I create individual plans mm-hmm. and progress the patient as an individual instead of, okay, you had a total knee. So this is my, I'll have protocols. Sure. But what's nice about those protocols is I can change it at any time based on what I see the patient de- uh, demonstrating or right. presenting with. So it's a, it's an individual process. Yeah. Well, and, and for that person that comes in with the, with the knee surgery and you know, they're, they're cleared to start physical therapy. And so they come in and you've got the plan, like that's the starting point for recovery. When does the end point happen? Is it when ne- insurance is never. done or right? It's never, ne- right? It, it never happens. Yeah. And yes, yes, they may be finished with formal physical therapy. Right. You know, and there, there's always an end. I don't want a patient coming in for the rest of my life, rest of their life. Right. That's, that's not what I want my patients to do. Patients don't want to do that. They don't want to, you know, come see me for 30 to 60 minutes, three times a week for the rest of their life. That's right. They don't have time for that. So once PT ends, my education to them, and I do this with every patient, is to continue where we started, where we stopped. Right. So where we got to is to say, okay, now go get a gym membership. Go go to somewhere where you can continue doing these exercises mm-hmm. often. Right. And 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 that's key to having a successful recovery because some of these patients have had surgery. Uh, it can be a year, year and a half to have a complete recovery. Right. But that doesn't mean they're going to be in therapy for a year. Obviously not because the body heals very well uh, and very quickly sometimes. Um, and so it's educating that patient of, okay, here's your program. Now go do it. Right. And I, and I, and I've given them the, the tools, maybe some, I, I've given them some bands. Uh, I print out exercise forms for them. Um, they have resources to go to. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes I'll get a patient to, that comes back yeah. with the same injury. And my number one question is, have you been doing the exercises I gave you from the last time? Right. And, and it's like going to the dentist. They ask you a question like, have you been flossing? Right. They already know the answer. Right. <laughs> so, and, and so I asked that question just to 
get them thinking about, oh, I had those exercises. Have I been doing those? Um, and that's, again, that's crucial to maintaining a healthy uh, physical body mm-hmm. is keeping up on those exercises. It, it's just like any, anything is uh, with the body, you either use the muscles or you lose them. Right. And so, you know, that recovery or that, that journey, so to speak, that you're talking about, it never ends. Yeah. It, there's, a, there's never an end point uh, in my book to stopping exercise for a particular problem. Um, you can always continue with things. Obviously, we have to modify exercises based on our health. That makes sure. sense. Sure. But that's okay. You're modifying things, but you're still doing it. And that's the great part about the body is you can modify an exercise and keep going. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, again, that's the key to having a healthy body. Right. And the fact that chronic pain is so prevalent from head to toe yeah. in, our, in, in the world Right. proves that this is correct. We're missing yeah. something. Yeah. And I think and, I figured that out from a musculoskeletal standpoint. And I agree with you. It's not just it, cause it's not just like, okay, well the people that have desk jobs have like, they may have a specific chronic pain, but it's, it's across the gamut of, of all of us that we all, if we don't do the right things to take care of ourselves and set us up for success physically, then we wind up with some sort of chronic pain because our body is not prepared for whatever we do. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jerry, it's, it's not only, you know, it's not only that we have to exercise or stretch or do whatever, it's even things as simple as walking, how you're walking is causing your pain. And we can talk about that in relation to, to back and sciatic pain today, if you want, or, or whatever, but you know, it's not even how exercising or not exercising. It's just, bending over correctly. It's walking correctly. You know, it's these kinds of things. So it's your posture strategy. How do you create good posture in your body? Right. Most people are doing it wrong, which is causing and contributing to chronic pain. So, uh, you know, even outside of all of that, you know, cause I, you know, you hear, I I know there's probably people out there and just like, Oh, he's going to tell me to start exercising. (laughs) Right. And I'm just kind of, no, no. What if you don't even exercise at all and just start using your body better? And right. that will eliminate tremendous amounts of pain yeah. right off the bat. Well, and, and you hit something that like it, what I do when I coach athletes, um, I coach a lot of, of running athletes, but athletes for all sports. And but for all of them, the first thing I do is and I tell the parents this, I'm like, the first time we do a workout, you're expecting they're going to go and they're going to get, you know, like there's this professional trainer. He's going to like put them through the work and they're going to come out and they're going to be just exhausted and dripping sweat and all this stuff. And I was like, they probably won't breathe hard at all. And the parents are like, okay, what, what, what am I paying you this much money for, for this first session? If that I said, I have to teach them how to walk because if they're going to run properly, like they have to walk properly first because they have to use their joints, right? They have to use their muscles, right? in the proper form and push off and all of those things. And so, and sometimes that might take some kids that like I've, I've had kids that it took five or six hour long sessions to get it to where it's like, okay, now we can start running. Like yeah. we've, we fixed some of those issues that were just, nobody ever taught you how to walk properly. They taught you how to walk, right? Cause we all learn how to walk. And, but like, is your foot pushing off correctly? You're using your toes properly. You're using your knees properly, your hips, all those things. And so I think that's a, that's a huge piece of like, also what causes people pain is they think they hear, I have to start exercising for this, that, or the other reason health wise. 
but they don't start slow enough. And so they wind up with injuries because their body's not like ready for it. Yeah. Or they're not starting where they need to start. Right. And you know, you, you speak of training your, your kids, how to walk. I mean, just wait till you get hold of 80 year olds who are told that they haven't been walking their whole life correctly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've had some older ones, not that old, but I've had some older ones and it's, and they just look at me like, are you serious? I've been doing this wrong for like 45, 50 years. I'm like, "Mm, yeah. And pain, you know, this is one of the questions that often comes up is, you know, where's, where's the pain signal matter in all of this? Well, pain is a signal that something is wrong now. Right. And it becomes a great motivator. So, oh, if I can show you that your walking pattern is both the cause and cure of your pain, you better believe that motivation is there immediately. And that's what we do. Yeah. No. And that's one of the things that when I, when I'm teaching them and like, I always ask them, you know, after I start running again, after they've walked and done all that, and then we start running and they're like, oh my gosh, that was so much easier. Like, yeah, see, that proves the point. And it, and they don't, they rarely go backwards. Right. They right. rarely like feel the way it feels good and then go back to like, oh, but I like to do it the old way. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Um, so like it in regards to people that have issues, like knowing where to start, right? Like that's a big, that's a big piece of the puzzle. Like, do I just go start walking, you know, five miles a day? Or like it what's the what's the like determining factor of like where we should start? Yeah. So uh over the years, I've, I've created basic, I've broken the body down into two systems. Mm-hmm. And one is the, if, if you have any kind of upper body issue, right, then we, uh, we look at your pelvis all the way up to your head. Right. And if you have any kind of back or lower body issue, we look at your rib cage down to your feet. Okay. And so uh, the, while that sounds like, oh my gosh, that just must take forever to analyze all of that stuff. No, <laughs> right. because once you understand how the body works as a system, you can see how one problem in one area, you understand the ripple effects in the other areas as well. Right. And so really it, it makes looking at pain much simpler mm-hmm. because you see the ramifications of each of the problem areas. Right. And so uh, that's how we determine. So basically we, we, we figure out, you know, where's your pain. Right? right. And then, and then we go through our exam, which takes maybe 20 minutes. Okay. And then, uh, and then we've prioritized those problems. And the nice thing is, so I, I owned a clinic here in Denver, a sports orthopedic clinic here in Denver for about 10 years. And what owning that clinic showed me was that these problems are happening in patterns in people. Okay. And so the pattern of problems I see that's causing maybe your central back pain mm-hmm. is causing sciatic pain in another person or SI joint pain in a third person or right. hip pain in a fourth person. So that also simplifies everything. It's like that helps it make it easier to know exactly where you should be starting when right. you see that. So once you identify the pattern of issues and we can talk about what those patterns are, there are two primary ones that contribute to most back and sciatic issues. Mm-hmm. So once you identify what that pattern is, solving it is so easy to do and fast. Well, fast is I'm sure what everybody wants, right? Like oh yeah. Everybody, Within everybody a, wants it. Like how quickly can this be fixed? Yeah. So my standard is basically I expect between 30 and 50% pain reduction after my first session. Wow. If after my third session, 
you're not 50 to 75% better, mm-hmm. then I think I'm, I must have to look at some other issue in your system that I haven't been addressing yet. Right. But normally it's, it's very rapid because like we mentioned just a second ago, pain is an indication that something is wrong now. Right. If you fix that now, pain will go away now. And I rely heavily on that to guide my treatment as a physical therapist. Right. It doesn't, it shouldn't take 10 sessions to know whether you're on the right track. It should take one or two. Yeah. And so is that, is that slow reduction? Is that just because of the built up inflammation that's been in the area? And it's like, or is it, what's that? Like, why isn't it just a, and I know sometimes it's just not going to be, but why isn't it for a lot of people just like, oh, you fixed it. I'm hundred percent better. Yeah. Because, well, there are redundant systems in our body, mm-hmm. right? There's more than one muscle that flexes the hip, right? Right. There's more than one muscle that helps us stand. Yeah. So you may fix one, but then you've got to go on to the secondary or the tertiary right. as well sometimes. Right. So that's usually where the problem is, is that, yeah. oh, okay, we fixed that big problem. So you're not better. So there must be some other issue that I haven't addressed yet. Oh, right. well, it could be your ankle range of motion because we identified that in our exam. So let's start working on that now. Right. And right. that's why. But really, it, it really shouldn't. I mean, it just doesn't take long. I I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, after one or two sessions, right. I expect at least 50 percent. And right. that, these are now doing Zoom sessions, right? Oh, so wow. I'm just like you know, I don't even need to touch somebody. If right. I just show you the exercises to do and, and tell you what the problems are, so you yeah. get it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm seeing really rapid relief and it's, That's awesome. and it's because we're addressing the body as a system. Right. And most people aren't used to hearing that kind of thing because yeah. they've been addressed as components. Right. And that's why they're not getting better faster. Right. Yeah. Cause it's more than just if, if you, if you tweak your shoulder, it, and if you don't fix that, like in the, in the first like five seconds or so, then the rest of the body is going to compensate, right? No, it's the other way around. Oh, it is? So the shoulder, since you brought it up, the shoulder is the center of function for the upper body system. Right. All right. It roughly rests on the rib cage. Right. So if the rib cage is not in the correct position, it sets the shoulder up to fail. Okay. What would bring the rib cage in the incorrect position? Position. Well, usually something in that same leg, some problem down here creates a pattern. And this is one of the two major patterns. We can get into it right now. A problem in one of the legs creates a pattern in your body called a side bending problem. Gotcha. Where one side of the pelvis is higher and the same side of ribcage is lower. Right. All right. So now you've got the side bending problem because of some older issue here. Now that sets up the shoulder to fail. Gotcha. Right. So then that is instead of the shoulder feeding the rest of the body, the, rest of the, body. the shoulder yeah. is responding to the rest of the body. Gotcha. Yeah. And, you know, there are rules about how the re- shoulder blade should be resting and moving. So sometimes it is a shoulder blade problem and sometimes it's redu- due to some other problem here. Right. But we can quickly figure those kinds of things out. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. In general, as you, if you get a shoulder injury here, it will eventually, it'll gradually blossom away right. from that injury, right? Right. It'll affect things more down the arm or up into the neck and so forth. Right. So you're absolutely right. right about that. But that that response is different than what the cause is. Gotcha. The cause isn't necessarily here. It's why is it here? And that's right. what the rest of the system is figuring out. Right. And so is that 
is is in what you've seen with patients is that as you're as you're talking to them is it like okay well my pain is here and then you start looking at the patterns and they they you know like say well yeah you know i i sprained my ankle three months ago or you know something that that we might not think is like that big of a deal um Mm -hmm. in our daily life and it's like ah you know especially for us that have been athletes before and it's like you know ah you know walk it off right like just Mm -hmm. like okay i'll I'll be all right in a couple days yeah that since that doesn't heal properly because we didn't go in and see someone to get it evaluated and like then Trust. that that is actually the cause of something that then later happens three months down the road. You are exactly describing a case that I had just last week. Oh yeah. <laughs> this guy is seeing me for chronic Achilles tendinosis yeah. and plantar fasciitis in his right foot. Hey, have you had any old injuries? Nope, no injuries. Now this guy is a real athlete yeah, and uh, he's older. And I said, I'm, you've played all of these sports and done all, made all of these achievements and you've never had an injury. Nope. I said, well, your body's telling me otherwise. Right. And so I said, you know, so we traced it down. And back when he was in high school, he had broken his left ankle. Okay. And it was pain-free. And, you know, soon after that. So he right. never thought twice about it. Right. Right. Well, Five years later, he started developing plantar fasciitis in his right foot. And that would come and go every five to 10 years for the yeah. next 30, 40 years. Right. And now it's Achilles tendinosis. Right. His Achilles tendon is about to tear. Ugh. Why is all of this happening? And I could find absolutely nothing wrong with his right leg. Yeah. We found out that his left leg was 40% weaker than his right. Right. And he had played all these sports through all of his youth and, yeah. and age, and he was not aware of this. Yeah. Because the brain is so good at compensating for these things. Oh, yeah. It hides them from you because your goal as an athlete is to get from A to B. Yep. And your brain figures it out how it's going to make help you do that. Yep. Unbeknownst to you. Right. That's no, what and that's with this guy. Like that's actually something that I, I dealt with some knee pain. Um you know, the people that listen, they know that I'm a runner and I've, I've gone all over the country doing races at the, the master's level. And, uh, you know, I made, I knew, I knew this was a mistake. I knew the mistake was like, cause I ran a, I flew to Atlanta from Texas, ran a race. And from a time crunch, I was by myself. My wife was like, you need to get home. Like, so the race was in the morning. I flew home that night. Of course, there was a two hour delay. I wound up sitting in the airport forever, sitting on the plane forever and, you know, I get home and all of a sudden I got knee pain and I'm like, why do I have knee pain? And then I go back to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting there and my hamstrings were just getting so tight, you know, yeah. and and so I'm like trying to alleviate the hamstring pain. Well, then I, my glute gets messed into the picture and it's like and so, you know, I I I was like, OK, but, I'm you know, I'm a runner. I know there's pain. I'll work it out. A couple months go by. I'm like, call my PT and I'm like, all right, I got to come in. Like, I can't get this done on my own. Like. I got something wrong. And they're like, oh, your glutes just tied up in knots, which is pulling on everything and pulling on the That's why you got the knee pain below your knee. And I was like, well, that makes sense. And I said, and that was prop that was all because of that flight home from Atlanta that I didn't stay the extra night and like go through a proper cool down and, you know, all those things. Thanks for checking out the All in Health and Wellness Confidence Through Health podcast. Our goal is to use health as a conduit to help you reach your goals in life.